Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, the Cosman, and today... I just want to talk about my experience with the Pocket 6K. If you guys remember, I am in love with all things Canon and I went from my Canon C200, which I thought was the best bang for the buck, let you shoot in RAW. It's for the price point, you cannot beat it. And going from that to Pocket 6K, um, I just want to share a couple of different things. First of all, I'm going to go through the obvious, the pros and the cons list for me and then I'm gonna go and let you guys know if you guys are on the fence this is gonna help you if you should tip over and get the pocket 6k or if you shouldn't get the pocket 6k so it's for those and also uh, we're gonna touch base on a little bit on other cameras as well recently a couple of months ago I went from my Canon C200 sold it and got the pocket 6k now the kind of shoots I have been doing lately are uh, mostly vlogs YouTube videos, tutorials, and uh, you know, shooting my freelance colors masterclass with the camera. And so it's a lot of like one man band sort of deal. And then when I have to work on corporate gigs or when I have to work on commercials or something like that, 90% uh, of the time the client has a budget and then we can get the Alexa Mini or whatever we need. So we don't really have to use my equipment, kind of, the kind of jobs I like to work on outside of my own stuff. So. Keeping that in mind, I want to go through what inspired me, what excited me to get the, you know, 6K. Number one, I'm a colorist, so when I'm putting out this content on YouTube or on Instagram, I need the highest quality image possible, and I can't just go out and rent Alexa Mini every time and then shoot something with it. So Pocket 6K gave me that. The dual native ISO is a huge thing for those who don't understand, basically, you know, it's the freaking bomb when it comes to shooting in low light outside or event, you know, shoots and stuff like that. You can just really crank it up to 3200 ISO and get a pretty freaking clean image. Native ISO is where you want to shoot your stuff because that's where you get the most dynamic range. So with this camera, you get a 400, uh, the low end ISO, native ISO, and then you get a 3200 on the top. And uh, 3200 is freaking insane. If you go back six, seven years and think about the 5D Mark II days, going past 800 was garbage. So keeping that in mind, now we can shoot at 3200K and clean image is freaking impossible, okay? Like that's just unreal what's happening today and how great that is. So, and then the second thing I wanna talk about is the price point. Let's think about it, right? Freaking $2,500 for a camera that shoots in RAW, um, that shoots in 6K, that has a 35 you know sensor and super 35 sensor and it has internal you know recording formats where you can do different compressions in raw which is huge okay because that was one of the biggest problems with c200 there was only one raw option and it was ludicrous like the space that it was taking on my drive was not worth it so then from going from raw and 12 bit i had to drop down to 8 bit compressed footage and there was no happy medium. The happy medium is C300 Mark II, but I didn't want to invest in that. So that's where my biggest problem was because I do a lot of color and I'm like, do I wanna shoot 12-bit 
and it only shoots 20 minutes on a 256 gigs card then that's just stupid or do I want to shoot 8 bit and then shoot for 45 minutes to 50 minutes but then the problem is I'm shooting with 8 bit image so that keeping those things in mind black magic kills the competition there is no freaking competition the dynamic range usable dynamic range of 13 stops is freaking massive okay that's a lot I mean your Alexa might give you 14.2 14.5 of actual usable dynamic range this camera is giving you 13 and stop listening to garbage online and YouTube when they talk about like G85 gives you 13 stops and Sony gives you 16 stops and 15 stops that's freaking horse crap okay when it comes to usable dynamic range the stuff that you can actually use those consumer level cameras are not going past 11 okay maybe 11.5 so for pocket 6k I can attest to that that it is going at that 13 maybe a little bit over Blackmagic is keeping it conservative that is a huge number for the price point okay the color science I mean Blackmagic has come a freaking long way they came from you know where their reds look orange if you remember people who had the OG Blackmagic cinema camera the 2.5k you know what I'm talking about it was probably a freaking worst camera in the market when it comes to commercial shoots because when you're working on a product commercial shoot where there's a product the red lipstick needs to look red it can't look orange it can't look purple it has to look the same Pantone color and black magic was a nightmare for that it was cool for like short films and things like that well they freaking killed the game because black magic makes DaVinci Resolve they just did the smartest thing and reverse engineer everything and now dialed it to the point where it's as good if not better than Alexa's color science I'm not just saying these things loosely okay trust me I get in there and I live in there like that's my freaking bread and butter that's what I love to do and I nitpick and uh, it's beyond impressive the color science is blowing my mind that was like the biggest reason I had a buddy of mine send me some footage on Instagram for me to play around with and uh, I downloaded the footage I brought it in and it was from Ursa Mini G2 and that's before I made the decisions the decision to go the black magic route so I still have a C200 I asked him hey send me some footage uh, he sends me some footage I take it into resolve I start playing around with it and literally within the freaking first 15 seconds I'm like I think I'm sold I think this is what needs to happen I'm going with the black magic pocket 6k and not to mention 6k so we're not going anywhere okay when it comes to out output settings people are still outputting in 1080p and then some places are starting to do 4k 6k is not happening anytime soon so for you to have that extra wiggle room where you can punch in and reframe that is freaking massive 6k is a really clean freaking image and when you downsample it let's just say if you don't want to punch in and you downsample 6k into 4k then you're gonna get that much extra sharpness and cleaner image and just it will look so pristine and it has a film grain so so far I mean you would think that hey man are there any cons I mean you're just going on and on about the pros well that is the truth and uh, again like let's just keep remembering the price point $2,500 and what we're getting you get to use your EF lenses which is the biggest thing for me the pocket 4k was an amazing camera for the price point that the reason why I never got it is because my wife is a photographer we have a lot of investment in EF lenses and plus I was coming from Canon C200 so I didn't want to go that route so having the ability to use that glass and Canon has such a wide 
collection of glass. To be able to use that glass is massive. And then the menu. Their menu just came such a long way too and it's just so accessible. Like all the buttons are in your fingertips. Just think about like all the great like Canon or Nikon cameras, high-end cameras, how everything is always available. You don't have to dig in and like find a specific thing in the menu. Unlike Sony's, oh my God, I mean, you can all agree with me that Sony has the freaking worst menu management. Like it just, you just never know what's where. You have to go in picture settings and then in the picture settings, it's on page 14, all the way buried at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter how savvy you are, how crazy you are. So Blackmagic killed the game with that. Just touch screen, boom, boom, boom. All the main things will always be on the first tab or you can swipe over and go to the second tab and pick your favorite settings. So guys, those are my pros for the Pocket 6K. So on those accounts and what I get to do in post is always a freaking treat. It's always a treat. Now let's get into the cons and let me just tell you a little bit what I'm feeling and where I'm hurting a little with this camera. So. This camera is not a run and gun. It is not a run and gun camera. No, I don't care what somebody says, okay? Because when you tack on 60 million things like variable ND filters and this and that and the other thing and external battery and all these things, then it's not necessarily a run and gun. You might as well just, you know, gone ahead and gotten something else. Like those rigs sometimes look ridiculous where people are just like, Oh, you know, I like how compact this is. And then you look at the camera and it looks bigger than the freaking, you know, cameras we're used to seeing on the movie set. It's not run and gun. No built-in ND filters is a big one if you're outside. Like, sure, you can have a variable ND, which I do, but it's just one more thing that you can forget and the accident can happen, like when you don't have it on you and you're on the go. No continuous autofocus. This has to be the biggest one autofocus in this day and age when we're just kind of flipping the cameras and shooting a quick video and uploading it to lose that ability or to not hit the focus every time just because you're kind of crossing your fingers and you hope you got it but then you didn't mm, I mean that the autofocus is becoming a really huge thing and it's not like how people used to frown upon uh, the kind of content we're creating and the quality of content and the amount of content the quantity it's sort of like necessary. So not having that autofocus, keep that in mind. That's important. Battery life, pure garbage. Battery life is absolutely the worst. This camera beats Sony when it comes to how bad the battery life is. It could be at 45% and boom, all of a sudden it says auto battery and you're like, what the hell just happened? And those are like authentic Canon batteries. And it, they're not bad batteries. I just bought them new. And that happened to multiple batteries. And it just, it eats it up. It eats, eats it up so quick. Terrible battery life. So you need to have like 10 batteries on you at all times. Ergonomics, it still has a, you know, still camera feel. So it's not the same as like having a freaking real like Canon C300 Mark II or something. If you have used those, you know what I'm talking about, where you hold the camera and it feels like this real thing and even if you shoot handheld it doesn't have a jello effect that you get with these dslrs which this camera does have that because it doesn't have an ibis so if you have no image body stabilizer it's going to give you that shake and that shake is not fun and it takes a little bit to take it out and sometimes you just can't take it out and then mini xlr um, i wish i i don't know how they could have done it but I give them kudos that they gave us a full HDMI, but I wish they figured out a way to give us a full XLR instead of this mini weird XLR to a real XLR because it's so flimsy and the way it looks, I just know it's gonna go out anytime. 
and it's gonna happen probably the most inconvenient time. So those are some of my cons. Now I wanna talk about the uses and that's probably very important for you guys because if you're considering to get this camera, then you need to know whether it's for you or not. So let me tell you who it's for. If you do corporate videos and tons of interviews and get a little bit of window to like do some quick B-roll, this camera is for you. If you do short films or independent films, stuff like that, this camera is for you because the dynamic range you can get and having a little bit of a bigger crew, you can really dial everything in and do it right once the shots are mapped out and everything, it's for you. Music videos, again, the fidelity, the color fidelity you get, the the color science behind this camera and how much you can do push and pull and especially with music videos a lot of us are using weird colors purple pink blue green if that's where the bitrate comes into play okay so going from 8-bit to 12-bit is the difference of the entire freaking world it's like going from 480p to freaking 4k that's the difference that's when you need that range for it to handle it gracefully Honestly, the reason why I got it, I do grading stuff, like I put out these examples and show you the kind of stuff that you can do with color. And for that, I needed a lot of range. And I felt like C200 with 8-bit was just hitting that ceiling. It was just hitting its peak and hitting its threshold and not going past that. And with the Pocket 6K, I'm having a freaking blast. I can just pull this thing out and just shoot anything and then bring it in and I'm always blown away. I'm just looking at it and then having multiple compression options even in raw is unbelievable because then I bring it in and I have the ability to use my raw module and take advantage of it and that's something we can't take lightly like highlight recovery and things like that that you get and the white balance adjustments is unreal so those things are very important and you get all that so for if you are an aspiring colorist or if you are a colorist and if you want to create original content and share it with the world this camera will help you out a lot also if you are new to color correction and you want to have some awesome stuff on your reel and you just don't know where to get your hands on this epic high-end footage well then this camera is for you you can grab a few buddies you can go somewhere and just like you know peek your head out of the freaking car and shoot some car to car footage whatever bring it home stabilize it and then the kind of stuff you can do and the dynamic range and everything that you have is gonna be unreal, like it'll blow your freaking mind. So for those things, this camera is very important. Who this camera is not for, let's talk about that. If you do vlogs, if you do YouTube tutorials, things like that, which I unfortunately do, it, this camera has been pain in the ass. I have to buy so many extra things. I have a, a wireless follow focus that I bought. I have external monitor that I feel like might not be big enough. I might have to order a bigger one so I can still really see that I'm nailing the focus. And just like the little anxiety to know that I might not be in focus and then you're putting out gold and you, I'm like, you know, I have so much energy and I'm making these videos and then I'm just thinking, what if this doesn't stick? What if this doesn't work out? What's going to happen then? So that I don't enjoy that process. And I'm going to be honest with you, because of that, it kind of held me back and uh, I haven't been able to really push it, like really... Um, go out there and shoot more like when I had my C200 I will just turn it on hit record and go and I will just go because I knew that everything is in focus Everything is gonna be perfect and obviously, you know my exposure I can just make sure that that's on point with this camera and That's one thing that I really want to talk about you want to get a camera that inspires you to go out there and shoot that that pushes you that's so easy to use that you're just like if I'm not doing it It's on me 
okay? You want to make the whole process, the content creation process, frictionless. And I feel like for vlogging purposes, this camera is not making it so easy for me. So I'm going to have to work around it just because I'm a one-man band when I'm doing these things. And I just want to get the right thing and move on because content is king over everything else when I'm doing that this sort of work. Also, if you do documentaries, this camera is not for you. In documentaries, you're going to need to get the shot. You have to nail the shot more than the aesthetics and everything else. That comes later. What's senior is that you got that moment. You captured that moment. And for you to not have ND filters built-in ND or for you to not have autofocus, uh, that's going to throw you off. And I promise you, you're going to come back and there's going to be moments when you're going to be like, man, it would have really sucked. I wish I was even shooting it with an iPhone because I would have gotten that moment, that money shot. Events. If you do wedding photography or a videography, if you do sports events, again, same reasons, no built-in ND and just the ability to not have the autofocus. And uh, I'm, I'm hitting it really hard on that because I'm telling you, it matters, okay? You might be outside and let's just say you're like, hey, I'm better than that, I'm, I'm a DP, I don't need to like, I can pull my own focus, good for you, that's great. But when you're outside and you got that screen and you want it to stay compact and you don't have additional screens and things like that and you're out there and there's so much glare because of the sun and you can't really see if you're nailing it and you have to get that shot, I promise you, you're gonna miss it. And when that happens, it's gonna be a freaking bummer. So for those reasons, and especially if you're doing weddings and sports events, your job is to get the people what they paid you for and not necessarily get them like two extra bits of dynamic range or whatever have you, you know, color fidelity, that's not what it's about. At that point, you just wanna get the moment, capture the moment and tell the story. So. That said, I'm gonna go through some of this stuff really quick and see what's going on and then we're gonna wrap it up. I'm going to shoot a music video on Blackmagic Pocket 6K, is it good? Yes, so we talked about it over A7 A7R3, I would definitely say MV framework. I will highly recommend you to shoot it on Blackmagic. You're gonna be very happy what you'll be able to do in post. Just make sure you hit your focus. What is your favorite Kodak to shoot and color with? If you have the ability to shoot in RAW, RAW will always be the best just because all the extra juice that you get and things that you can do in post, like natively to the image, natively, not like on the surface level, is unbelievable. And then the second, uh, if you're coming from a Mac world, has to be ProRes 444 or whatever the highest is for the camera. So if you're shooting on GH5 or whatever and it only gives you 10 bit, then 422 HQ would be the best if it offered it. That would be really great because with those formats, with those codecs, the best thing is you bring in your footage and you get going. It's basically transcoded for you. So Alexa Mini lets you shoot in uh, ProRes 444. It's absolutely my favorite. I shoot in that and I bring in the footage and it's ready to go. And then anytime I'm doing a creative shoot, obviously I wanna shoot in RAW. So that's um, what I would say. Thanks for asking your question, man. That's a great question. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode.